This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the last three and a half years have presented so many different challenges for different segments of economies around the globe. Now, the world of marketing, really no different. And now that the pandemic seems to be in our rearview mirror, you can now focus on what has happened and to be better prepared for the next big disruption. Raghu Iyengar is a faculty director of Wharton's AI and Analytics for Business Department. He has co-authored a new ebook that looks to tackle what lays ahead for marketers. It is titled Resilient Marketing, What's Next in Growth? And we should mention his co-authors are Wharton's Dave Reebstein, former Knowledge Award and Editor-in-Chief Mukul Pandya, and McKinsey Senior Partner Brian Gregg, along with McKinsey Partner Eli Stein. But Raghu is in the studio with us. Great to see you. I think it's been the first time since the pandemic hit that we are face-to-face doing an interview. Great to talk to you again. Great to be here, Dan. Thank you. All right, so let's start with the the story behind doing a book like this, because, as I said, the last three and a half years have been so impactful on a variety of fronts. I guess it is time to kind of take stock of what's happened and how you prepare for what's next. Indeed. I mean, if you think about it, yes, we've, we've obviously, all of us have gone through uh pretty bad two and a half odd years in the past. But I think what's interesting to think about is there have been, um, and especially after the pandemic, we've had a recession or at least signs of recession. But this is not new. There have been many other economic recessions, uh, at least in the last hundred odd years. And so I think if you look back, there are certainly some things to learn about. Um, Every time you kind of go through this crisis, what are some takeaways? What are things that perhaps we can get better prepared for? So as myself and my co-authors were thinking about this, I think it seemed like a perfect opportunity to kind of reflect a little bit, but also provide some guidelines uh, in terms of not just the pandemic, any other disruption that might come along. What can marketers do to be better prepared? So, so from that marketing perspective, what are some of the areas of focus? What are some of the things that, that you have picked out as areas that you have to look at moving forward? Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Again, first, given my own leaning towards data, uh, certainly, uh, the uh, granularity of data that's being collected, of course, the pandemic, uh, we all um, had a bad time, but for some businesses who were more digital, or at least wanted to be more digital, um, it was a boon uh, in the sense that they got a lot of data that they perhaps did not have a sense of how to get it. So that was great. Uh, but then came challenges. Uh, with every opportunity, of course, there's a challenge. And the challenge was, what do you do with this data? Um, how do you mix strategy with tactics? Uh, And I think when you think about that sort of uh, trade-off, the way at least we think about it is strategy is long-term planning. Right. Uh, But with long-term planning, you have to be adaptable as well Uh, because the long-term plans are great, but, you know, things change from perhaps one day to the next or at least in some horizons. So how do you use data properly, but also at the same time, how do you kind of set the course and still be strategic, but be adaptable. And, and also the fact that the technology, in many cases, where the, we're getting this data from, is adapting and changing. Thinking about how now we're talking so much about AI and ChatGPT just in the last couple of months. Those are those are you know vital uh, impacts that we're going to see in the months ahead. Absolutely. I mean, as I tell uh, a lot of people, I sometimes talk about uh, ChatGPT being one of them, or any other generative AI. Let's say. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, but I think at the same time, it's also time to get back to the drawing board, so to speak, Mm -hmm. Uh, to think carefully about whether these new technologies are right for you uh, at this point in time, and where exactly will you integrate them, keeping the end customer in mind. A couple of other areas that are mentioned in in the ebook, Uh, one being uh, talking about brand 
And we, we know that, that companies focus more and more about brand these days. And you say building an intentional brand, mm. meaning exactly what? Meaning, I think, you know, if you see uh, some brands, again, uh, unnamed, I'm sure you can Google and find it. Uh, they tried to sort of, um, I would say, exploit, but kind of use that pandemic as an opportunity to somehow kind of take their brand and attach it to a particular objective or a particular thing that they were interested in. And it doesn't work because consumers can see through all of that. Right. So I think having an understanding of what exactly does the brand stand for, um, having that in mind, and not just, quote-unquote, discovering it during times of crisis, just so that you can uh, ask consumers to buy their brand. So th there always has been a level of awareness by the consumer about these uh, issues. But yeah. it seems like more and more it, it's coming out. It, it Maybe it's social media as yeah. kind of a, a, a you know an avenue to be able to voice these displeasures. And obviously the, the, the issue around shareholders... Uh, and the impact that they're having. So there's more push from the public, it feels like, than ever before about making sure that brands are, are what they say they are. Absolutely. I mean, I think there have been many examples of brands, Nike, for example, uh, Heineken more recently. Uh, there have been many examples of brands that have embraced a particular uh, viewpoint, and I think they have to think carefully about what their customers are doing. But at the same time, I think uh, if you think about some of these iconic brands, they decided carefully that that's what they stand for. And I think in some ways they're giving a signal to their customer base uh, to sort of say, well, you know, if you're with us in right. the sense that if you also believe in these values, great. If you don't believe in these values, maybe it's time to reconsider. Right. You also uh, talk in the book about omni-channel, and that's something obviously that a lot of marketers are. are from. Yeah. Barbara Kahn, one of our friends, is is, is very much attached on uh, on uh, omni-channel, and Dave Reebstein as well. Uh, and, and the line, which I think is interesting, is in the book, getting obsessive yes. about omni-channel. Absolutely. I think uh, there is always these terms that are thrown about. Uh, one is multi-channel, yeah. another is omni-channel. And just to kind of make sure that our audience here understands the difference, multi-channel just basically means you as a company may be interacting with your customers across multiple channels. Omni-channel is one step ahead. And the idea is that you're interacting across multiple channels, but hopefully they talk to each other. And I think in this day and age, when you think about, again, all the different things that happened during the pandemic and beyond, uh, sort of, you know, buy online, pick up in store, yeah. um, all these other new things that cons uh, companies were trying, customers want to feel noticed. Sure. They want to kind of make sure that whatever they did in one channel actually makes them known in the other channels that they interact with. So I think this obsession about making sure, again, goes back to the data itself, making sure all the different touch points are, quote-unquote, recorded in one place, so to speak, mm -hmm. such that you can leverage, you as a company, uh, can leverage what customers had done perhaps in your call centers, uh, perhaps on the website, perhaps coming in store, such that you can give them personalized, customized service. And, and, and so from that perspective, it becomes that much more important for the retailer, the company, to be nimble and be able to make the adjustments when they need to make them, but also be able to make that next set of adjustments to stay out in front of what the, the expectations of the consumer are. Absolutely. I think this is why we kind of talk about uh, having this sort of uh, invest mindset. And the idea is you need to be continuously testing and learning. Okay. Uh, because you can't kind of look backwards, and especially during the pandemic, I think it became a little bit more clear, that you can't assume that the world is going to stay the same it is. Uh, why? Because things change. And I think being proactive, testing and learning, kind of getting a handle on how customer behavior might be changing, right. how expectations are changing, 
I think becomes very important as the companies think about what investments are worthwhile making now in the short run right. versus what investments are better off kind of in the long run. How new or unique is marketers having an investing mindset when thinking about what the, the best is for their company? I think, again, uh, with new data, I think it became much easier. Uh, of course, all challenges are still there, but it yeah. became much easier to kind of talk about what I call marketing ROI. Uh, there are so many companies that run different marketing campaigns. And if you talk to them, many of them, surprisingly, uh, don't have a quantitative mindset in the sense that they're not tracking exactly what happened. Now, compare that with the perspective of CFO. Yeah. Uh, who uh, in companies typically has a more rigorous quantitative mindset. I think for us, it seemed like a perfect moment to then start saying, well, what have we learned in the last few years, given all this new data, given this obsession with uh, tracking customers? Right. Can we bring that marketing mindset as well? You also talk about the element of crisis, which obviously we've gone through in various forms over the last three, three and a half years or so. But the understanding that maybe that next crisis is around the corner, and you talk about it from the perspective of kind of building kind of a crisis reaction into your mindset, into your, as you say in the book, agility muscles. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I think it came about quite interestingly uh, last August. I'll tell you a little story about that. Uh, last August, I was in India. We ended up going to the north part of India. Uh, and it's an, it's an area with borders uh, China on one side and, uh, and Pakistan on the other side. So uh, it was a privilege to be there, but we saw a lot of Indian soldiers who were constantly kind of, you know, getting through all the different drills that they were doing. And why are they doing that? Mm -hmm. They're doing that because when the opportunity arises, it's not something that they are learning at that point in time, it's built into their muscle. Right. So they are ready to respond. And so I think, I think about brands characterized in that way, which is you kind of build this agility into your muscles, which is, you know, Yes, today may not be the day where something catastrophic may happen. Right. But if you keep practicing, what would you do if something of that sort happens? I think that gets you better prepared. Um, in fact, Google has something called DIRT, uh, Disaster Recovery and Training. So that's an acronym. <laughs> okay. And the idea there is that, you know, how can you make sure a company like Google, for example, which has more data than they would want. Yeah. But what happens, let's say, if the data from a particular country shuts off? What happens if, for example, a data center suddenly goes away? Right. How would all those models work? How would people react to it? What decisions would be made? So they constantly have that mindset of making sure that we are prepared no matter what happens. How much do you think that uh, the mindset uh, of marketers has changed in general over the last three and a half years or so? I think, uh, you know, uh, in one way or the other, they have been forced to change. Uh, and the rationale is that, you know, with uh, greater tracking, greater accountability, uh, more investment mindset that uh, companies may have. You know, every function, not just marketing, uh, needs to be a be able to kind of showcase what the ROI is right. and be able to track what's going on over time. So I think even if marketers and some of them did not want to change, they're being forced to change. Raghu, great to talk to you again and great to see you in person. And again, the book is titled Resilient Marketing, What's Next in Growth? Uh, it is available uh, online. Uh, Absolutely. Where can people find it? Yep. So go on the AI and Analytics for Business website. Uh, it's on Wharton. And so as soon as you go in there, right on the first page, yeah. you will see it. Okay. Great to see you. All the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Dan. Thank you. Raghu Iyengar, Faculty Director of Wharton's AI and Analytics for Business Department. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.